Now, as much as that intro opening there is there, of course, we wish we could say to get fired up, but at this point, you got to get lightning up. Yes, the Tampa Bay Lightning make it a series by winning last night 6-2 to two in true lightning fashion, and we will talk about the Flyers a little bit as they finally made their coaching hire. Surprisingly enough, will it be good for the Flyers? Will it be good for the Flyer faithful? Or did everybody think that maybe Trotz should have been in there? We will know hopefully the answer to that question when we bring up Nick Picone from the Philly, Philly Influencer, writer and editor for the Philly Influencer, of course, Sean Brace's uh, family of great writers out there. So Nick will be on with us. Fuji, of course, is on standby. And the Phillies have turned things around as well and continue to win series as they've won their last five. Of course, now they're on the road tonight hoping to bounce back after just the one loss against the Nationals. So now the Phillies hope to plan to bounce back. And not only that, they are chasing now for the second wild card spot. So a lot going on in Philly sports. Eagles are getting ready to kick off camp. And Harry Roseman, as much as we like to have fun with Harry Roseman, Howie continues to knock things out of the park even before the season begins. So, so much to get into. I'm pretty sure Fuji is extremely happy with what he did with the San Francisco picks, along with everyone else who follows the Eagles. And if you're excited about this season, like the rest of us are for the Eagles, then you're at the right place because we are getting pretty much fired up as the season is getting closer and closer to reality. So mini camp is only just a month away, just a couple of weeks away in actuality. Only two preseason games this year, only because, of course, we know that the Eagles will have, along with the rest of the NFL, 18 games a season because the NFL does not like to end the season off on an odd week. So 18 regular season games. It is going to be amazing. And if you live in the Tampa area, don't forget to always come down to 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa, Florida. Tampa Joe's is where Philly of the South, the Eagles fan football group with Mike Klein and the rest of us will be there every Sunday or Thursday or Monday or Tuesday, however the schedule is worked out. But if you live in the Tampa area and or are coming in from Philadelphia and you want to know exactly where to go, tampajoes.com. Visit the website. It'll tell you exact address and it'll tell you where to go. So with that all being said, it is episode 143. And as we always say, thank you to everyone who watches, tune in and downloads the show. We do appreciate it from stateside to overseas, to South America, and everywhere in between. We truly do appreciate it. So let's get into it tonight as we cannot wait to see what the Phillies are going to do next. And we hope nothing but up as this team has really turned things around. And we hope this ride does not end anytime soon because the Phillies are starting to be real for a lot of these MLB teams. So let's get into it with Nick Bacon tonight, along with Fuji. And DJ Montage behind the glass. So I'm Angel. Welcome to episode 143. This is Broad Street South. And of course, when the Godfather is not singing local karaoke at his local bars, he is here with us this evening. So with that being said, here's the Godfather, Mike Fuji. Fuji, what's happening? 35 days of training camp, three days away from the NBA draft. John Tortorella hired as a new Flyers coach. Phil's just kicking off a two-game series with Texas. Angel, how are you? How's everybody doing? A happy belated Father's Day to everyone. What yes, is sir, going yes. on? Let's get the party rocking. 
Yes, indeed. And yeah, a belated Father's Day for sure for everyone. And again, we thank everyone for tuning in. We do appreciate it. And uh, Fuji, it's been over 100 plus degrees down here for the last five days. I know we always talk about the temperature. We never talk about the time and temperature because we leave that for the news. But it's been over 100 degrees for the last five days. And for some who can't handle it, they can stay inside. For those of us who love it, We've been baking outside, but it, it's it's great. And I hear over the weekend, apparently you guys went through a crazy cold front. Yeah, it was beautiful up here. Felt like spring slash fall, just crisp weather, great sleeping weather, down around 60. I'll take it any day. You can have that humidity. You can take oh. it and do whatever you want with it. <laughs> It's, it's it's fun. Don't don't worry about it. It's fun. When you come down here for a vacation, you'll see what it's all about. But with that also being said, if you guys please do us a favor, Sean Brace has put together such a great team. And the man has really been kicking, I guess, and I rarely swear on here, but he's definitely been kicking ass with Philly Influencer because when he was down and out, he decided to take a risk on his own, go out there, and be part of the community, part of that city. And part of that is because a great cast he puts together. You guys can see right there, Nipicone, the editor and writer for Philly Influencer, a great friend of Nelly Sean. We've had the pleasure of meeting each other as well. So with that be oh, and let me, before I say that as well, don't forget also to follow Nick so you guys don't miss a thing other than obviously on Philly Influencer, but at underscore Pacone, so you guys do not miss it. And don't forget also for the Philly Influencer, make sure you follow them as well. And with all that being said, we will introduce the man right now. It is Nick. Nick, thank you so much for joining this evening. We really do appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, I'm looking forward to our discussion. And I'm also looking forward to watching the Phillies get back on the winning track tonight. Thanks, no. Nick, for coming on. Appreciate it. That's yeah. at least that that's what we hope for. Fuji always, you know, it, it all depends. Sometimes he's he's really excited about certain things. Other time he goes a little bit flat. So we'll see. I might be able to get him worked up a little bit so you can see the other side of Fuji when he gets like a little <laughs> bit ramped up. So <laughs> I do have I a Twitter to... persona where I kind of go overboard if they're losing like one nothing, I'll go overboard. But oh, it's mostly hey. bits and stuff. So uh hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. <laughs> hey, gotta let it out. Yeah, you do. That's what, Philly, that's what us Philly channel. fans are made of. Exactly. That's how I get it out. Like, I don't use Instagram or Facebook. Twitter is my space to get my annoyance of my sports teams out. Exactly. Got to no, and let it all flow. Speaking of, and by the way, we are live here in Tampa, Florida, from the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studio. Of course, my producer over in Studio B. Uh, thanks for being here as well. And uh, Robert says that the weather was amazing in Philly for the last few days. Maybe that's why the Phillies are playing so well. And as I'll, I'll put the typo in there for paying for playing it so well. But Nick, speaking of, so on social media, right? Because everybody, everybody has their own different ones. Like some people like to use Instagram more. Some people like to use Facebook more. I loved, and I've always, Twitter was my, my very first. And then the only reason why I added Facebook is when I moved away from Philly was to stay in contact with a lot of people that didn't have a Facebook. But like you're saying to express yourself, is it better for you on social media versus the vending someone else? You know, to whether, you know, you're, we're always our friends. We can always vent to in our family, but as far as social media, you think that Twitter is the best one to actually to go out there and vent where you have a broader audience versus a place like Instagram. I mean, yeah, for me, because, uh, and Instagram, unless you set yourself private, it's public. Uh, Twitter is more, 
Facebook obviously is just friends can see her stuff. So Twitter for me, like I try not to be too controversial, but um, it helps me gain followers. You know, my uh, I sync the radio call Scott Fransky, some big Phillies moments, and people see that they'll follow me and they'll wind up following me. So uh, that's Twitter is like. I, I watch games alone. I, I watch them alone. I don't like watching them with people. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl was different. I watched it with my best friend, but uh, I don't like going to bars anymore and watching games with around people. And so, yeah, like that's my way of just getting if something bad happens during a Philly sports game. My first instinct is to not only react to it, but like, how can I make people kind of laugh at the the ridiculousness of it like mm-hmm. okay the eagles defense just gave up a touchdown it's literally not the end of the game but i'll make it seem like the end of the world i'll try and come up with something funny like a meme mm-hmm. or something so twitter is like the best place for that because on instagram and facebook you see screenshots of tweets that right. take off so like twitter seems to be the place where all that happens first and right. that's why i enjoy that platform more than the others it just seems yeah. like the number one place to vent anyway exactly on twitter well, it is well, if you look at it, because there's so many different people now at this point, whether it's because of political reasons, you know, mental health issues, you know, from the different places that we are right now, it just, it, it all depends, I guess, how you absorb it. Some people, they look at it like, oh my gosh, anybody else going to complain about certain things? But some of them, if you read through it and you translate it yourself, it's like, okay, I understand. Like maybe they're upset about something and they're venting the way that they know how. So some of it, is it too much? Yeah, where you, you can almost tell where it's kind of scripted. Some other people, I understand their, their their views as far as the way they look at society today, and it's tough because there's a lot of things that are not going in the direction that we all would like it to. But either way, it's it, I guess I'd rather see someone vent there than do something silly with all these mass shootings and everything else that's going on because that, to me, makes absolutely no sense. So I, I'm for you as far as like going out there to vent and, and put yourself out there. It's just I think, unfortunately, too, the mixture with that is – that sometimes people tend to then judge you just because you decided you wanted a voice and opinion. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to follow this person. I'm not going to deal with them only because once again, he's part like the masses. And so I, a lot of stuff, I let it go in like one ear, not the other. But uh, as far as for our hometown boys of summer, which today being the first day of summer, of course, and the Phillies, I, as much, and, and Fuji knows this, as much as I believed in Joe Girardi, and I thought that Joe was not the issue, I just figured, all right, you know what? You're just going to hang out Joe to drive because who else are you going to do? You know, you can't obviously fire the players. So I thought, all right, well, I don't want to see Joe gone because I don't think it's Joe. I think the the what they didn't put around him was going to make it work. Well, then comes Rob Thompson and completely changes his team around. And apparently one of the things that we're told was that Joe Girardi was not communicating with everybody. Now, it seems kind of hard to believe because obviously he won championships with the Yankees. So, and just kind of like to start off to get off just your opinion, Fuji, I know asked the question beforehand and uh, I like to know, I guess from, from what you saw, or at least what you guys have heard, what exactly went wrong with Joe Girardi. And then on the flip side is what has Rob Thompson done to this team to just flip around and not get him to four games over 500. I think uh, I remember years ago when Charlie Manuel was here and Howard Eskin had said that um, <laughs> baseball managers don't do anything. They have like the least amount of work to do in, in the professional sports. And I always like hated him for that specific opinion, uh, but I do understand it to a degree. Now, 
no, I don't think Joe was the problem, but he was definitely a problem. And I felt mm-hmm. like the team, the Phillies started this season, like let's, as a player, like you bring in Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and you try and rebuild the bullpen. Uh, they did try to do that and the players just didn't perform. And right. it's really an easy narrative to say, oh, Joe was the problem because now they've gone on a run after he was fired. The Phillies are hitting the ball. Like, why is that so different? And I don't think it's as simple as, oh, the weather is warmer, so they're hitting, like stuff like that. I, I do think it's a vibe that a manager brings to a team. And whatever vibe Joe Girardi brought the last three years, it had soured whoever, like Bryce Harper, uh, just seemed disinterested. Uh, then he hurt his elbow, and I was like, oh man, this season's like a wash. You know, that could go 16 and 0. And, season would still be a wash obviously that's not true now when it actually happens you you buy back in i'm all back in now and at least a wild card hopefully i don't know if they'll reach the mets or the braves but that's mm. a different discussion um i do think no. joe i do think the manager has if they say he's not communicating like that's i don't know who who would leak something like that but I don't know who would lie about that either. If it was in the clubhouse, a player, another coach. So like, yeah, he, and his public interviews were so bad. I, I clipped, uh, somebody took a video of Joe Girardi in the dugout during his one, one of his final, uh, interviews with the media. And he was, you know, condescending in a way like, Oh, the other team's trying to, you know, and I kind of made, you know, a clip of that. And I just posted every time the Phillies win. Cause it's like, well, clearly they're buying in right now. They're winning games. They're being clutch, and they just weren't before. So, no, Joe Girardi was not the problem, but he definitely was a problem. I don't think know if Rob Thompson's the answer, but um, right now they're they're on a run, and it's what they had to do at the right time of the year. Hmm. I don't know if they went on this run in July or August. If that would have been too too little, too late, because the Braves went on their run. And I, I feel like they're back on track, and the NL East, Braves and Mets are probably the powerhouses of that. Uh, Phillies could sneak into a wild card, and you still got the Giants and Dodgers. Like, there's so many good teams in the National League that even a run by the Phillies might not be enough. But we're seeing what we kind of expected going into this season, and I, I just hope it continues. It, it could be a flash in the pan. Uh, I just, I. I guess we have to wait and see how July goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Joe, as far I mean, Nick, I'm sorry. I mean, to me, when Joe Girardi was in there, I mean, towards the end, this team just looked like they were flatlined dead. And Rob Thompson taking over, you know, keeping it in house, of course. Dave Dombrowski. You know, it's it's just like a total, totally different ball club as it was at least going on three weeks ago with Joe Girardi. But, you know, you can't blame Joe for everything. I mean, as you say, you can't fire the players. But I think the Achilles heel of this team is the bullpen. I mean, Dabrowski brought in Familia, Brad Hand. But it just three the last three, four years, it just seems like it's the same thing. Now, do you agree with that? Or yeah, what's your Yeah, I think – they haven't had a, like a real closer. Uh, that's hurt them. They should have kept Hector Neris, but that's easy, you know, in hindsight to say. Uh, he was a solid 
guy. I don't know if he was closer material, but he definitely would help that bullpen right now. I didn't understand bringing in Familia at all. I didn't like that move. And uh, Brad Hand is okay, a lefty, but um, I'm sure there were better lefties out there to try it, try and stop them. Uh, I know they have some minor league pitchers that are looking good. I don't know if this season they will look to bring them up uh, as we get closer to August and September. Uh, trade deadline coming up. I, I would hope they wouldn't trade any of their minor league arms that are looking good right now. Uh, but I wouldn't like, I, I don't think I would necessarily hate the move because, you know, Ruben Amaro was GM. He made all those trades and we all loved them. Right. And no, they didn't work out, but they, he, he bettered the team for then and now. And now uh, our farm system just is not good. And uh, that's years, years of bad drafting. Uh, I, I don't know what they could do to, to make the bullpen better, but Rob Thompson, uh, he took a step that I guess Joe Girardi wasn't going to take. Uh, I mean, it's easy to say that now, but if he was here and the Phillies went on that run and Knable, uh blew another save, does he kind of move Knable back in, in the rotation and do closer by committee? I don't know. So that's kind of like the the vibe I'm talking about that Rob Thompson brings, like the players maybe buy in that, he will change day to day, week to week to try and get the team to win rather than wait it out and see if someone like Corey Knabel can put it together, which I think it's clear by now. He just doesn't have it this year. Uh, that was a good signing. I think we all like that signing, but mm-hmm. as a closer, it just it didn't work out. So they have to work with what they have or make a trade. And at least Rob Thompson showed the gump to make that change at least in the, oh. in the rotate in the bullpen rotation, I should say. Well, you're five weeks away from the uh, trade deadline. Now, Zach Eflin going down. What are you going to do? Are you going to go out and try to get a starter or a closer? I mean, how many teams are in line with better farm systems that'll go after pitching the Yankees, the Braves and so on. I mean, what, what literally realistically would, what can this Phillies team give up and go out and get a either a middle relief guy or a closer or another starter? Uh, it's tough because you don't have. Uh, I don't think they would trade Herrera, but you know they sent Moniak back down. I would love to see Moniak get a, a, a legitimate crack at being the starting center fielder more than just a handful of bats at bats coming up uh, more than even a week. To, to try and work it out like he's somebody that should get a month or two to try and work it out spat him down in the orders see if his swing comes back from spring training mm-hmm. and i don't but i don't think herrera gives you like a piece like that a, a good bullpen arm right so oh. it's tough I, I think they would try to work with what they have right now but you know maybe other teams that are looking for farm system like the detroit tigers maybe maybe they'll uh maybe they have somebody that the Phillies like, and they could take a couple minor leaguers for, for that arm. Uh, I haven't seen like, I have MLB.tv. I watch as much baseball as I can, but off the top right. of my head, I don't, I don't know a specific name out there that they could go for that. Like you said, the Braves are going to be looking for help. Uh, the Mets are going to be looking for help. Like all these good yeah. teams. I mean, like you that probably have top farm systems or I should say better farm systems than the Phillies. So that's another obstacle the Phillies have to overcome. And 
it's a it long just, list. It's a long list of teams that have assets. That's why they have to. They got to out hit. You know, they got to try yeah. to out hit because their lineup's looking pretty good. We, uh, Castellanos needs to get it together. But I mean, if they can out hit and then have the pitching come around, that's kind of what you hope for, especially in September uh, and hopefully in the playoffs. A lot of people may shake their head when I say this, but would you trade Reese Hoskins? Yeah, I think about it. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously on a good run, and I love him for everything he does off the field. Uh, seems like a great guy, but you can't, you know, hamper that. For in, in pro sports, we've seen that is not right. is not, you know, the the decision deciding factor in whether to trade for somebody or not. So, yeah, I, I would trade him if uh, they were able to get a legitimate either closer or a bullpen arm that could help the rest of the bullpen. And right. set routines, maybe. Uh, maybe closer by committee is gone by August. That'd be nice if, if they could get an actual closer. Uh, that, you know, I, I don't want to say as good as Brad Lidge was in 2008, but you got to be, you know, you got to go, you got to convert like 10 out of 12 saves. You know, you, right. you got to be able to do that, especially at this level, especially in this division. Oh, especially so. being eight and a half back in the mess and exactly. five three and a half back of the Braves right now. I mean, you're right in the thick of it. So I can see the Phillies possibly moving Reese Hoskins as a chip or either a starter, or as you said, somebody in the bullpen. But if you do, let me ask you a question. Then if, if you do move Reese Hoskins and who are you going after? It's a good question. I mean, who, who's going to be available now that's now I'm not looking for like any particular names because obviously there's, there's, Plenty out there, but are, are you looking for for Reese, or then are you looking for a middle reliever? Are you looking for on the pitching aspect things, or are you looking for another bat? Ah, definitely pitching all the way. Yeah, I mean, worse comes to worse, you could put JT Realmuto at first base, even Bohm, right? Cargo, an everyday player, <laughs> even though that probably would be uh, not great for the long run. But I mean, he right. showed. Uh, he he's back tonight. I think they activated him, so uh, he's oh. been solid for them. And if he could be th a third every night, that might defensively be a better spot than Bohm. And you just move Bohm to Bohm to first, and you just deal with it then. But yeah, I don't know if the, any middle reliever they can get, or even a starter. I'm sure they would uh, look for starters as well. Just depends if Dabrowski uh, can pull out, would, uh, pull off his magic. Be the answer, yeah. But how much now? Here's a question then for both of you guys. How much do we actually believe in Dombrowski? Like, is he is he going to do enough? We know that we keep hearing that. First, we heard the comment when Matt Glenn Tech was around, we're going to spend stupid money. Then that completely changed. Then you had some people that didn't like some of the signings that were done this season. Some people loved it. And it's always like that in Philly. There's nothing any different, not any different either from any other city, not just Philly alone. But is Dombrowski going to have enough to be able to put a, a team together. We know that the Mets right now, Mets every single season we see it, they start out hot, but we know that the Mets end up fizzling out. I don't expect any different this year. I think the same thing with the Mets. Mets right now are on a tear, but I come after the all-star break, that's when you start seeing the fallout shelter from the Mets starting to be built back up because the Mets just collapse. The only ones that end up hanging in there for the long run is the Braves. So it could be at the, at the rate the Phillies are playing right now, if they were to win two out of three games out of the series. So if they win a couple more series, then you might be talking about at least contending for the NL East, not just the wild card, 
but it could be a possibility. But then, Fuji, as you said, then you're going to need that pitcher. You're going to need either a closer, definitely for the Phillies, because right now we don't have a solid closer. So either if you're going to trade Reese, get yourself at least, if anything, at least a closer, someone from the farm system, and then if you can get a middle reliever in there somewhere that at least it's going to be a halfway decent job to come in from your fifth, sixth, and seventh innings, because right now it seems like no one goes eight or nine innings anymore, then bring them in to at least to make that run. But as far as the Mets, I, I don't believe that the Mets will be there in, in a couple months mm. from now. They, they may not even be around. I, I That's just, again, my little goofy opinion, and I know the folks from New York who listen to us, they might think otherwise. But it's just we've seen the Mets just fall apart year after year oh. after year. And they spent money this year, don't get me wrong, but I just don't see them still in the postseason. Well, the Mets are just about to get Max Scherzer back. I know he's throwing a uh, game in the minor leagues. And what's his name? DeGrom was supposed to be coming back soon. I mean, that's, that's your number. They, that's your one and two. That's I your bread and butter and that rotation. With Buck at the helm, I think that changes the the narrative for the Mets this year versus previous years. I don't think – I think they're mentally stronger now with, with him as manager. And that's why I believe they're going to be there at the end. I believe they might falter a little bit. Maybe the Braves lap them, but I don't think they're going to collapse the way we're used to seeing the Mets collapse, unfortunately, because it would be really funny to see that as a Phillies fan. But it would I, don't, be. I don't anticipate that happening this year. That's true. I, I manager-wise, I didn't even think about it either, but you got a good point there, Nick, because I, I didn't I forgot all about it as far as when it comes to their, to their manager this year. I mean, that you know, and I'm not I don't want anyone to get upset because if you know I'm not knocking the Mets or anything else. We've just seen years after year after year with the Mets. They start out hot and we've seen a collapse. So this year, if they I mean if the Phillies not by any means would I root for the Mets if the Phillies don't make it, but mm-hmm. if if it comes down to it and someone's got to represent against the East, I'd rather it have it, I guess, to be the Mets versus the Braves. That's for sure. I'll tell you, I enjoyed the 2015 World Series when the Mets were in there because I'm I think right. it was the Royals, right? And uh, that was a, that was fun for me. When I I didn't like last year's when the Braves were in, I just I don't like the Braves. I it's I would more be more willing to tune in if the Mets are there than if the Braves are there. No. So I'm with you. Well, the Braves have always just been at the one in the Philly side, where it's like yeah. with the Mets and the Phillies. I mean, either team's really been good around the same time. Not that that they have been. So, mostly there's there's plenty of season left. We all know it. We're hoping that the Phillies will continue this ride that have been going on. Because again, Thompson's doing. You know, here's a guy who came out of nowhere. Who would have thought, if anything, that he would have been able to turn his team around the way he has? I mean, he's commanding the room, which is a good thing. We've seen other coaches do it before. Other managers, of course, of well between the other major league sports. We've seen it happen before, so it's not like it's anything that's not new, but for him to come in and turn things around the way they have, where now you're having the ESPNs that are finally starting talking about the Phillies going in the right direction versus going the polar opposite way, it's good to see at least their names up there. I mean, you hear it on Philly Talk Radio, there's a lot. Obviously, you know, people are, are loving what the Phillies are doing. They're the talk of the town at the moment because then once Eagles start as – Fuji always, you know, puts that the Eagles are the number one sports team that's talked about in Philly, and rightfully so, because right now the Sixers are trying to figure out what they're going to do with James Harden contract. He's able to take less money because he already has what he has. The NBA draft is only two days away, so we're going to see what happens there. But, you know, even talking about the draft, there's not nothing there, Nick. There's, there's not a name that kind of stands out in the NBA draft. And according to the Sixers today, 
they said that they are willing to even trade their first round pick for someone out there. So I don't even know who who would be available on any kind of free agency. But I'll just say the Sixers do end up trading for that, you know, that number one pick to, to another team. Who do you think would, would be out there to be somewhat attractive to Philly? Because if you look at it, if you're a player that's been close with your team to make it to the finals and you look at Philadelphia, it's like, all right, two years they got in there. They got eliminated the first round. They got eliminated the second round. Is it attractive enough for me to make it to Philly? And obviously we know that Ben Simmons it continues to do the goofiest thing ever because he went charter boat fishing, yet you're supposed to have a bad back. And if anybody's ever been charter boat fishing, you know that you need your back and all that strength to pull in those fish. So again, thank God he's a mess over there for Brooklyn Nets. But when it comes to the, to the Sixers, it, is there like a name out there that you can think of that would want someone would want to come here to Philly? Not for me. Uh, I've to- lost total faith in the Sixers uh, since the end of that season, uh, this past season. Uh, I'm, they're like out of the four, really five teams, you can include the Union. They're the lowest uh, for me right now in terms of feeling good. You know, like at least the Flyers have some somebody now that uh, I would actually watch, you know, the first few games to see if he makes a difference. Uh, but right now, uh, the Sixers are, they just co- oh. repeatedly. Uh, ruin Joel Embiid's prime years, and uh, who knows how long we're going to get prime Joel Embiid. I don't you know. We might have seen the last of them. We never know year to year, especially with someone that big in the NBA. Uh, I love that he falls that he he falls the way he does. That way he like kind of preserves his knees a little bit. But uh, I don't. I don't. He's getting older. Another year older. James Harden's clearly on the other side of the hill. I don't know anyone that would want to come here unless the Sixers would be able to offer him a ton of money, like Tobias Harris money. But then I don't know if you're able to get rid of Tobias Harris either. So uh, there's so many issues that team has. I don't know if Daryl Morey can really fix that, especially this year. Well, well, Tobias Harris has two years left on his max deal. Dibble's name's been thrown out. Probably nobody. <laughs> well, yeah. hey, I mean, you got to start somewhere. I mean, the rumor has yeah. it, you know, with Bradley Beal reportedly right. wanting to come here, you know, to play with him be, but you, you go after Bradley Beal, you know, without giving up Maxie. I mean, you're going to have three point guards, Maxie Harden and Bradley Beal. And, you know, it's Keith Pompey made a wrote a good article in Sunday's Inquirer last week. And he said, instead of going after a big max name with a big contract, why not just beef up the bench? Because, you know, this this bench needs an overhaul. Mm-hmm. And where you start, I don't know. I mean, August 4th is free agency. And Maury better start getting his ducks in a row now. So, I mean, it's probably just one more Rowan and Bede and Harden. But like I said, you got to, something's got to give with this bench. I mean, bring back Deion with Drummond. I mean, that would be a great pickup again for the Sixers. He's yeah. a free agent when, with yep. the Nets. Yep. I mean, just to give Embiid some time off like they did before they made the Harden trade. Right. 
You know, yeah, I think I think Drummond he, surprised a lot of people last year, and I was kind of bummed out when he was traded, but I was oh, ecstatic man. to get Harden. Um, and then it's Curry too. It was like, ah, man. But yeah, that bench, uh, that bench could be the difference, and, and no, me right. feeling good about them, I, it probably is the difference because. You know, Harden, you know, he's not James Harden of he, the Houston Rockets uh, or even the Thunder. Exactly. But he, I think he'd be good enough as all like to his vision's good. The passes he made, like they were great. Maxi, right. another year under his belt. He can continue climbing in, in the NBA. Uh, you know, that would be huge. Uh, but yeah, that bench, uh, that's you. It's literally. Uh, given like a minus 15 once you go to the bench players it's like we can't have that especially for a title contender so well it just it all yeah. depends on like you know like i say tobias harris's contract what are you going to give james harden i mean you're going to have to go out and give something up to get something in return and spend some money i mean if you want to take a run next year the nba finals i mean it's it's do or die now I mean, Maury's back's against the wall, and Embiid's just another year older. And guess what? As you said, they wasted his prime, and that's what they're doing. No, that, I mean, that they are. I mean, you figure, again, like Darren Morley, just as you were saying, Nick, I mean, he's going to have to work. You would have to work some sort of miracle in order to be able to put something together. We saw this year during the playoffs that the Sixers bench did not perform the way they should have. And, it, and that was a struggle that I think that even Doc Rivers had talked about earlier during the season. And I'm not too sure how the D league is doing for the Sixers. We haven't heard much. Obviously now Vegas is getting ready to kick off because the NBA finals are finally over. Uh, and congratulations to Golden State Warriors beating the Boston Celtics. But for, we'll see, I guess, during the summer league of, of what's going to happen out there in Vegas, what we expect out of the D league, because I mean, there's, there's going to have to be the Sixers have got to be at least, I would say about two key players away from obviously making a good run in the playoffs and hopefully to the finals. And, and you might be talking about maybe possibly this year, but to put things on the flip side as well, let's just say there isn't that key piece that you need. And you told Joel Embiid, and he's told you all this time to trust the process and make sure that everybody keeps believing in his team. But then what happens come next year? And someone says, you know what, Joel, how about you come to Miami? Or maybe how about you come to L.A.? You know, how about we make some some trade or something another for you? Does then Joel Embiid start thinking like, you know what? I've given all, I mean, everything. I, I put up with the Ben Simmons nonsense. I did everything I possibly could for this city, for this town, for this team, for this organization. Does that conversation come up? And does it start to wonder, like, would he, like, I mean, Jimmy Butler, I'm pretty sure would, would obviously love him down there in Miami. And Jimmy said, you know, a couple of things when he exited out of here. Some that, that weren't the best things, and Jimmy wasn't completely honest with everybody either. But at the same time, too, you got to look at it that Joel could be looking at, all right, if nothing is done this season, do I really want to remain as a 76er, or do I then take my talents and go elsewhere? Absolutely a possibility, in, in my opinion. And that's probably worst-case scenario, because then that gets that's public. Uh you know, I don't know if he would play again on the court. So that, yeah, that that'd be worst case scenario. But I, I could absolutely see him doing that because he wants to win. I mean, who, who can say in the NBA they have a player that legitimately wants to win where, where they are right now? A lot of a lot of players now just go where the money, go with the city. You know, Butler right. went to Miami. I didn't realize they were going to be that good, but I, I was kind of 
annoyed at that. But then we heard everything going on with the Sixers, and I was like, okay, that makes sense for Jimmy to do that. I doubt he would come back up here to play with Embiid. I'm sure he would love to bring Embiid to Miami. So uh, that's probably worst-case scenario for me personally, and I think for the Sixers and even the city of, city of Philadelphia. And I don't know one Sixers fan that would probably begrudge Embiid for wanting to get traded if the Sixers don't you know, really put a team around them. Well, as I said, you know, you know, it's do or die now. I mean, the window, the window of opportunity for the Philadelphia 76ers is closing, Nick. Nick wants to jump on a little bit of the Flyers. I know right now Avalanche up two to one over the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, pulling that game three out last night. What's your take of the uh, John Tortorella signing? I'll be honest. Uh, I hated it at first. Uh, the NHL coaches, they're seemingly just a carousel, you know, retreads all the time, the same names, just switching teams. Uh, I, at, at the same time, the flyers, they really lack some, some talent and you don't know if that's a product of the organization and the coaching. Uh, but every flyers game I lost, after they were eliminated from the playoffs uh, in 2020, the I th- the playoffs were happening what in October that year. Um, mm-hmm. The I don't necessarily blame Vigneault for that, but they are the slowest team I've ever seen. They are beat to so many pucks, and it's been years of this. Even when Richards and Carter were here, they weren't fast skaters, right. and. Every single time they're like beat to these pucks and they get other skaters lap them. And it's just like, what is going on here? And I just, I'm so out on them. So when they hire Tortorella, I'm like, really, where's the, you know, is he really going to fix everything? And he's saying all the right things. Right. Good for him. He's, he's saying all the right things. He's kind of getting people to buy back in a little bit because he's supposed to bring accountability back. We'll see. That was Vigneault's thing too, but uh, Tortorella is like a, a different type of coach. He's, he's won a Stanley cup, but that was so long ago and he beat the flyers to get there different league back then. That, so I'm not like thrilled about it. I think it's just another lame duck type coach where, you know, eventually he's going to, he might not even make it to four years. So, uh, but hopefully by the end of that tenure, the Flyers organization will be in a better place talent-wise, draft-wise, organizational structure-wise than they are right now. Because there's, like I said, I'm low on the Sixers right now just based on the expectations they've had. The Flyers' expectations are non-existent. So they can only go up from here. Well, to me, it's just, like Tortorella always did as a coach, but really this this team just has no identity. I mean, where do you go with it? is old. You know, he's coming off surgery. JVR is just a big contract. You know, it's just this team has no identity. Giroux's gone, which Giroux should have been ain't coming back. <laughs> right. Nah, but it's just, you know. You know, you hired the retreads, or you got rid of Vigno, Elaine Vigno. You got rid of, uh, damn, that was his name from a couple years ago. 
Laviolette, they got rid of him. I mean, they hired these big-name coaches, but as you say, these guys just, to me, the organization's just always been this dump and chase. I mean, you know, you go back to the late, the late 90s, early 2000s, it's always been, you know, they live off the 74-75 Stanley Cup Broad Street Bowl. It's over. It's done. Turn the page. Like, you know, they always had an ignorance to Russian players. Why, you know, you go back to the 76 when they beat Russia. But how'd they get swept in 97? I mean, against Detroit. They got beat by all those guys. And to me, this organization, Paul Holmgren shouldn't even be a part of this organization. He basically just destroyed it. And it's a joke. I mean, you get rid of guys like Bob Roski. And there's a couple other guys. But, what did one of twice after that? <laughs> I mean, for years, I mean, the Flyers had fantastic goaltending. Where the hell has it been since? Like, we don't even know what we got with Carter Hart. But, right. I mean, this organization was probably the best in the city for years. Mm -hmm. You know, always making the playoffs. They made, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals about 10 times since they won the Cup, consistently making the playoffs, whatever. But, this organization's at an all-time low. I don't know. Nobody even talks Flyers hockey. It reminds me yep. of Phillies back in the late 90s. WIP won't even talk baseball. That's where this organization is. I don't know where it's headed. I mean, they ought to just sell the team. Ed Snyder turned over in his great 50 times over and back. I mean, where do you go with it? It just fires me up to no end. But it's a, it's the same way too, and you you hit it right in the head there with Ed Snyder. Once Ed Snyder was gone from this team, it, it's become non-existent. And you know, and I know people like to make fun or whatever, and 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 write in and say, oh, you know, well, you end up switching over to Tampa. It's got nothing to do with switching over to Tampa or anything else like that. First of all, as a I'm still a diehard Flyers fan. Let's get that one straight out. <laughs> Number two is because I don't like the one thing I will say, and I've said it to people before. When it comes to the Flyers, and I don't know why, when you go down to the lower bow down there, at Wells Fargo. I don't know what the mentality is, but some of those players, and again, I will say it where I rarely curse on my own show here, but you got a bunch of assholes that are on that lower bowl and they, they feel like it's, you know, they're, they're supposed to be there. You know, they're, well, we're the faithful, you know, we're here. This team sucks or either that or when they win, they, you know, they want to ride them with that winning streak and then it goes all over again. But the mentality of the fan base isn't even it's it's almost just as crappy as the organization when you put your money into a mascot and i will say this until the day that goofy mascot goes away when you put money into the mascot and then last year you chose to put money into the gritty app instead of the actual team it goes to show you where the team is going you take a, an organization like the lightning for example me being down here jeff finnick the owner of the lightning he puts the belief back in his team, in the town, in the city, way out to the burbs. I mean, anywhere in the Tampa Bay area, you go, and that's mostly what you see around you. You'll see more lightning flags than you do actually Bucks flags. And even when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, you still you can outweigh the lightning flags than you do with the Bucks. Why? Because Vinick is there. He's always he's in front of his group. He's telling everybody organization, what are we missing? What key piece do we need? How can we make this work? So you need someone who's going to be there to actually shake the guys up. And you have Cooper. I mean, the amazing job this man has done. First year, they make the run. Of course, they get eliminated in the very first round. Best record, as we saw with, with the Panthers. Best record in the NHL. Meant absolutely nothing. They got eliminated in the first round. Last two seasons, they were able to win back-to-back -back cups. This year, 
Go down two games to none to the Rangers, come back, win four straight. Now you're looking at the Avs, go down two games to none. You win last night. We hope to get another win come tomorrow night. But that's because the people here actually put their faith behind this team. Win, lose, or draw, no matter which way you look at it, it it's crazy how it is down here. But the Flyers have lost that. It's almost like, again, Ed's gone, and now the Flyers are like, okay, well, so what giveaway are we doing? How about we need a goalie, just like Fuji said? No, 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 that's not important. What giveaway are we going to give away? How about the team? Since the fans are already gone and they're exit out the door, who would want to pay for a season ticket of the Flyers? Honest to God, even with Tortorella being around, there I, there would be nothing right now that anyone could convince me to come knock on my door like a Jehovah's Witness and tell me, excuse me, do you believe in the Flyers? Nope, see you later. I don't need you. Because there's nothing for me to be bought from the Flyers, even this upcoming season. Like it, To me, John ended up taking a job like, all right, well, it's between me or Barry Trotz. And I think Barry told me that he really doesn't want to be here. He'd rather go with an actual performing team. So let me see what I can do. Do I believe wow. he'll be here more than two years? Not at all. I think he'll, he'll end up going. He'll do the first year, try to do in the change to see what the organization is going to end up doing. But I don't believe wholeheartedly that John will be completely and not taking anything away from him. And, and he's done in the past. I just don't think that he will see himself as a fit for Philly because of the way the fans are here. So to me, if the organization does not believe in themselves, how can you believe in a person you hired? Because one person is not going to change the whole entire organization. He can get in their ear. He can get in their face. He can call them out and do whatever. But it's those guys on the ice and what they believe and what will make the product better out there. But to me, the Flyers are just not there. And the Flyers are probably not going to be there for a couple years unless something changes. And it changes. It starts from the top. And the top right now for an organization is not anywhere where it needs to be. They just suck. I've just put it out there the way it is. The Flyers at this point, the organization absolutely sucks. From the person that pencils as sharp as the pencils to the one that mops the floor. Because there's no passion like it was before. Before you would go to a, to a game, even if the Flyers went on, let's say, a nine-game losing streak, the fan base was there. Everybody was there. The organization figured out, okay, what do we do wrong? Now they just look at it once again. We got a nine-game losing streak. What's going on? Okay, so we got hot dog night on Thursday night. We got Gritty's birthday party on Saturday night. That's the priority for the Flyers. And I, and I could be wrong, and who the heck knows, Nick? Well, nine-game losing streak, I don't think – I think some – lot of – Flyer Faith will be calling for some heads to be rolling. Also, not to, not to call you off, Nick, there was a report that came out last week. The Flyers offered Barry Trotz $7 million a year. And apparently, apparently he might be going back to Nashville. As they said, he bought a house down there, and he was with Nashville for 15 years. So, I'll tell you, I, I would have loved I, to have Trotz. Right. Yep, uh, I'd prefer Barry Trotz over – John, uh, that's just me. Because yeah, because yeah, look yeah. where, look where Barry went. Now his only mistake that he made was when he decided to walk away from the Capitals. Because I know he wanted to try and turn things around. He just thought he was kind of like on top of the world mentality. And he tried with the Islanders. I'll, I'll give him that much. But I think that was his mistake. Because I think he he could have won at least two more cups with the Caps. Yeah, probably. And what he did with the Islanders kind of bought me into him as a coach. You know, I was like, okay, in Washington, he had Ovechkin and uh, Holpe and all these other guys, Backstrom. And it's like, but no, he's a, he's a top coach. He, the only thing I need to see to circle it back to the Flyers is different play on the ice. They can lose games one, nothing, two to one, three to two, whatever. 
the product on the ice, even if they don't score so many goals, they have to play better. The Flyers are the easiest NHL team to play against. And it's it comes across every single game you watch. And I I might have watched maybe 60 games this year. 20, I was 22, I was just completely out because uh I, I turn it on and it's already like three nothing in the first period, 15 minutes left. And I'm like, I'm no, like it's so embarrassing. And yeah. the players are literally not trying. And that's what bugs me. And I that's probably what bugs a lot of Philly fans, especially. I just need to see effort. I need to see better defense in front of the goalie because, yeah, Carter Hart's had, had a r- struggle, but I still I believe in him. Like he's shown uh, what he could be. Uh, he's the only one we got right now. Like Sandstrom's. I don't. I don't think he's necessarily going to replace Hart if they decide to trade him somewhere. But uh, they just need to. What we need to watch a game and not see them quit. See them beat the puck. See them take terrible shots see them pass on open shots which happens on an just they must be the kings of passing on open nets yeah uh, it's so frustrating that uh got veterans like couturier couldn't change change that culture Giroux, as long as he was there they couldn't change that culture so we know it's more than just the players but as long as that product on the ice shows effort i'm okay with like 35 30 35 wins next year i just want to see a team that competes that's that's not the easiest team to play against and i i do think uh tortorello will at least get them there and that's really a low bar to have a really crappy expectation to have for your hockey team but that's where we are right now in philly i think you nailed everything on the head yeah it's, it's unfortunate i would i would, yeah, I would love to see him. I, I definitely, and I even said to Jason Martinez when he was on with us recently, and I said, I'd rather receive Barry up here. I know he's happy. He's thrilled about John being hired. I think Barry Trotz would have been, I think he would have been the one, honestly, to grab their face mask and tell them, are you here to play or are you just here to collect a paycheck? Which one is it? Because I think he definitely would have shaken up the, not even just the players, I think he would have shaken up the whole entire organization. I, I just don't see that same fire from John. I, I don't. I don't see it. The last two teams he he's been this with is his last coaching job. So yeah. it is will there be that fire? You're absolutely right. There might not be. He might be already checked out, just like, hey, I'm collecting a paycheck as a coach. Uh say all these good things, not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but it's like, okay, he already admitted this was his final coaching job. Like, right. is it lip service? Is it legit? That doesn't make me feel especially good either. So I don't know what he was trying to say there, but uh very very weird choice of words to okay do you really expect by the end of your tenure to have the flyers as a cup contender with the way they've been run the last few years i don't know that's true uh mark says or excuse me robert says and mark cuban should come in and buy the flyers uh and shake up the organization Uh, that would be if if someone could do it and if he believed as far as in the NHL, he could probably do so. But again, it's going to take more, even probably Mark Cuban himself to do something. And Dylan, uh, who's normally on with us, our local Tampa correspondent slash uh, Blue Jay there, he says, do you see Girardi and Madden getting a second job? And, and if you do, who do you think is on the next shopping block? Yeah. I could see teams that, you know, someone like the Tigers, you know, like, uh, teams that need to turn the corner that have been 
really, really off the radar for years uh, yeah. to try and bring in. I don't know about Girardi, but Madden would probably be uh, my number one uh, if I was running a team. But uh, Girardi, I'm not so sure. He he seems to like the cushy media job more than coaching. So uh, he might not even want to manage again. Who knows? Nick, as far as uh, Rob Thompson, I believe he was runner-up to behind Aaron Boone getting the Yankees job. I know he was, you know, with Joe Girardi, you know, after when Joe took over there, I believe as his bench coach. He was in the Yankees organization for a long time. And, you know, Larry Boa was, was quoting it, you know, Rob Thompson, you know, probably underrated, but a very great baseball man. Yeah, I didn't even, uh, as a baseball savant, I like to at least tell myself that. I didn't even know who Rob Thompson was. I didn't realize he was with Girardi in New York. Uh, I didn't even know he was on the the Philly staff because for me, it's clearly about the players. You got to go out, you got to perform. Uh, I'm not blaming a bench coach. I'm not blaming a hitting coach. Like, and they're always the first ones to get fired. But uh, I think it's like, you see there, there was a, a pitcher on Sunday, I think once they uh, left Washington and they're all in suits decked out father's day suits. Uh, Rob Thompson had the fedora on. It's just like a vibe, you know, like would Girardi do something like that? Was he loose with the guys or more like a father figure, like boss type, or is Rob Thompson just chill laid back? That makes a world of difference. And that might be what's happening here. Well, as I said, you know, earlier, I mean, this team just seemed like they were flatline dead in the water at all. You know, Rob Thompson took over and I know I was watching them. Well, yeah. Bryce Harper came out and said something about, you know, I don't know if it was a shot directly at Joe, but, you know, Bryce and stop being brought back up. And, yep. you know, he just basically said the young guys got to play. Yep. And, you know, besides stop, you know, DD yep. being put out there by Girardi as opposed to Bryce and stop being in the lineup almost every yep. day now. So, yep. Mayton, when he's healthy, he's got to play. You know, like right. Segura's not going to be back till September. So, like, hopefully he he's back soon. Uh, seeing those guys, they provided that spark. They, that's what Harper said. You're absolutely right. Like, they provide that. And that goes a long way, especially with the – and it's funny. I've watched the Phillies game right now. They're just showing the picture I'm, I talked about <laughs> with uh, them on the suits and everything. But they need – that energy because for Bryce Harper, he's not a, a new player anymore. Like he, he's a seasoned veteran. So he's not going to come into every game with the same amount of excitement that someone like Nick Maton or Bryson Stott would. And so veterans need that. And the fact mm. that they weren't playing every day, that could have absolutely been the number one reason they got rid of Joe. I mean, like, Joe, you got to right. start playing these guys every day. And he, he flat out refused. Like, all right. Like, I mean, okay, he's young. We can't have you here. We can't have I mean, you here. They, they bring these guys up to make a name for himself. You know, play exactly. with second effort. Do it. Do what you ever ha- do. What you got to do to to win a game, just to be noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last thing, uh, last two things I want to bring up here momentarily as we're getting ready to, to sign off here. But one thing was the. I, I'm wondering if people were shocked for. Rob Kronkowski, who decided that finally he wanted to retire. We know that he's had all kinds of back issues and everything else. But I'm wondering, which I, I find it funny because obviously 
Tom Brady comes back to the Bucs, and I'm pretty sure he was banking on Rob Gronkowski to come back, and he didn't. He decided, you know what, that's it, I'm calling it quits, and it's the only man in the NFL, crazy to think, that has never spent his NFL paycheck. He's only spent his endorsements and the sponsors that he had, which is absolutely insane. And then you got Deshaun Watson on the flip side, who decided to settle on 20 of the 23. And, and to me, when you settle on something, it's it's not the best thing in the world. I think if you wanted to completely fight it, he should have fought it some more, if what he had stated was absolutely true to clear his name. But to me, you settled for 20 of them. Now, whether it was blackmail, whether it was something that you just wanted to work out to make it go away, regardless, his suspension is going to be carried out anyways. So it wasn't like if he paid his his he did his settlement deal, it was going to be gone. But we know there's a couple of new ones that came up. So, Nick, would you, if, if you talked about, and not you, but as far as Deshaun, you know, when I mentioned the word you, if Deshaun really wanted to clear his name, would you being Deshaun, would you have settled or would you have just kept it going and say, you know what, if, if this is people that are claiming stuff that are absolutely not true, I want to clear my name completely because that's what he kept going by. And then today, all of a sudden, he decides he wants to settle. Oh, yeah. that's To me, that's a side of guilty. Um, I think it's... I, I don't know. I understand, like, just wanting to put it behind you and be like, okay, let's just... What do you want? I'll give it to you. I want to put it behind me. I don't think that's here. Somebody starting quarterback in the NFL... Uh, not a good, not a good look when when you do that. I think it's, I think it's absolutely a sign that you know these allegations are a lot more than just allegations. And I'm glad that the Eagles don't have uh, anything to do with it, uh, except for WIP polls every morning on Twitter. Yeah. Exactly. Would you rather have have Jalen Hurts or I think they've thrown that poll up at least 20 times. I'm just yeah sick of it that, that actually came out <laughs> not that long ago either no, because, long, but... yeah it's gonna oh boy what does dylan say here <clears throat> are you gonna cry now that gronk is gone <laughs> yeah it's funny how yeah. dylan wants to be a wise guy when he's away from from the set it, it's funny coming I from the bucks it. fan Thank you, dylan. yeah that. coming from the bucks fan dylan knows if anybody's gonna cry be him because his, his boy's not around anymore so no you can you can forget about that one. I'm not crying for anybody. Thank you very much. I wonder if he'll go to Rob. WWE again. He, he could. Just, yeah. Good. Wasn't, wasn't he still under contract with WWE? I believe. I th- I, I think he was. That they kind of let him go back to the NFL. I don't know if uh, they tore up no. the contract or let him out of it or not. But uh, that's something he could definitely do. Uh, whether it's wrestling or just like a Pat McAfee type talking type. Uh, you know, he was great. So oh. uh, that would be very entertaining if that were to happen again. Oh, well, I mean, Vince McMahon, I'm, I believe he's out as a CEO. Yeah, right? technically. Yeah, I think it's all for show. I think he's still pulling the uh, strings, but we'll see. We'll see uh, how this right. investigation goes. Hopefully it's a lot more uh, where he actually can't can retain any power, but uh, yeah. he has that right now. So, right. I don't know. Well, Listen, Nick, thank you so much for... Oh, I did want to mention one more thing before I end up uh, closing out the show. So before we go away, tell me about, and everyone else as well, obviously they can follow you on social media, but you are also the host of the Straight Shooters podcast. So before we sign off here, where can they find it? And in the content you guys actually talk about on the Straight Shooters podcast. 
you can follow us on Twitter at Shooters Radio, and we record every week. Uh, during the pandemic, we we were really talking about weekly wrestling stuff like AEW, WWE, and the big stories. But during the pandemic, we started uh, watching old shows and just kind of doing a deep dive on them, talking about them, going match by match, just our our memories of it, watching it, whether we watched it live or just watching on Peacock or WWE Network. And uh, we've been doing that for years now, which is so much fun. Uh, we've been going seven years now, and I think that's why we, we do the uh, the deep dives for the old events. We just did WCW's Great American Bash from 1996 nice. when uh, Razor and uh, Diesel came over, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and the powerbomb Bischoff through the yeah, they powerbomb Bischoff mm. through the table. Mm. So this uh, I love that era. This. I grew up in that era. I've been watching wrestling since right. I was five years old. So. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of what our podcast is. We still talk about current stuff. We discussed the whole Vince Man situation on our latest episode that dropped this morning, actually. And uh, it's episode 329. It's the Great American Bash Deep Dive. Uh, nice. WCW, ECW, WWE. Uh, we do it all. And we, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash shooters radio. If you ever have no. a request for us to deep dive into an event of your choosing, it could be a pay per view, could be. Oh. Uh, TV show, wrestling related, no holds barred. We did the deep dive on that movie with Hulk Hogan uh, from the 80s. So uh, that's a lot of fun. We we love doing it. And uh, so you can check us out at Shooters Radio on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast is the Straight Shooters Podcast. Nick, do you go back to the AWA or the NWA? I watched, I watched, I didn't watch it growing up, but I've watched, you know, since then, and I like a lot of that stuff too. So I do watch it here or there. Yeah. Actually went to the uh, Great American Bash in '86 at the vet. We did, we just talked about that on really? our pod. I the check latest that one. Out. Yeah. <laughs> we Wherever. were we were both youngins, uh, but we, we I didn't watch wrestling yet, uh, but we we found out that it was at the vet you know that year right. in 86 and we were talking about it so it's really cool like the the local the way the the local fans love wrestling and it's such a hotbed like philly is such a great area for so many things and mm -hmm. just the fact that it's huge for wrestling too something i grew up loving and not realizing how philly how important philly was as a wrestling town oh. it's been so awesome to really experience that and and understand that growing up and watching the even these old shows from philly that right. I didn't watch growing up. So, well, yeah, I mean the War Games back in the late '80s, the Four Horsemen against Dusty Nikita and the Road Warriors. Actually, saw yeah, they the Road Players' last match coming up. <laughs> That's right. Did they decide who he's wrestling? I haven't paid much attention to it because I that. As a, even though a wrestling fan, I don't know if it's blasphemous, but I could not care right. less about Ric Flair's last match. But uh, no, I don't. I don't believe they have announced uh, his opponent yet. I know the rumor was they asked Ricky Steamboat, but he yeah yeah he shot. I heard he reached out to you, or someone like that. What's that? I heard he reached out to you and you turned it down. I won't wrestle Ric Flair. Hands on the money. Man, too, too much respect for the man. Right. Woo! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the only thing I was looking for. But anyways, listen, I'd, I'd like to thank Nick for coming on. And Nick, hang on there for a second. As we also like to thank our sponsors as well. It's starting out with Tampa Joe's at 9316 Anderson Road in beautiful Tampa, Florida. As I always say, it is a hops giving a jump from the airport. So if you guys are flying in and you want to know once again where to catch the Philly of the South 
Eagles fan club run by Mike Klein is 27th year with the club. You can go to Eagles mania again and or Tampa Joe's.com. They have some great food, great bartenders, a great staff. I mean, it's a fun time. So from September all the way through now till January at this point, because the NFL season ends then you will see us out there on Sundays and Thursdays and Tuesdays and Mondays and whatever, again, the way the NFL schedule is. So reach out to TampaJoes.com and follow them also on Facebook so you don't miss out on what we end up doing out there. Also, fill the bus up with PhillySportsTrips.com. Travel with the pros as right now the hot ticket being Arizona, the next hottest ticket being Houston. And then after that is the travel trip down there to the commanders also known as DCU here on this program. So if you jump on the Philly sports trip, Philly, or as far as the broad street South bus, we would appreciate as we're trying to load up as many people on our bus to make that trip down there to DC. So again, check out all the travel arrangements everywhere to go, including the golf outing they have there coming up next month. Uh, in the, yep. Is it sold out? It is sold out. All right. Well, then, you know what? Catch the next one that's coming up here. But, again, for your Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, and Eagles, if you guys are – and, by the way, if you live in Tampa and want to book a trip through them, you can always go because just because they reside in Philadelphia does not mean you cannot go to phillysportstrips.com and book your flight today and travel with the pros. Also, for Larry Gilman, we're the LGdirect.net. If you guys – Need payment solutions and or apparel, please reach out to lgdirect.net. Larry Gilman, who names the studio after him, and you guys can call him as well at 855-777-3863, 855-777-3863. Reach out to Larry and let him know that Angel sent you, and maybe he can hook you up with something good here. Also, the Big Star Sports Talk, he's always on Monday through Friday with Andy Kalu on in the trenches from 10 to 12 central standard time on sports talk 790. But more importantly, check out his live broadcast and podcast every Tuesday and Thursday from one to four as he's back on the horn again and check out all his content. One of our partners here along with Philly sports trips as well. And thank you also to Eagles mania for allowing us to broadcast our show on their network or on their Facebook page. I should say, so check out Eagles mania, follow the page, like them, share them, do everything you normally do on Facebook because we would appreciate it as well as everyone who listens in again in Italy, Spain, Africa, Australia, everywhere here stateside and on the southern side of our hemisphere in South America. We do appreciate everyone tuning in every single week. We'd like to thank DJ Montage behind the glass here, Debbie, my producer over at Studio B, Nick, our guest. We do appreciate you coming on tonight. And as always, the Godfather. We always do appreciate it. Matter of fact, you know what? I haven't done something here in a while for the Godfather, and, and I gotta, I gotta bring it up because it's been a moment. And mm. and let's see, can I do it? Can I find it? First of all, no, I don't find it. Don't find it. Depends on what it is. It's that one because he's a Godfather. Again, when you need to book a show, any kind of opera, line dance, or anything I, I, else. Just go to thegodfather.com and just book it with Fuji because he will be out there doing his best to make sure he can put it all together. But with that being said, as that monologue is about to go out, I see one more comment coming in before we end up signing off here. Uh, Dylan, I don't know what you're talking about. It's that Bucks jersey. I have no idea what you're talking about. But that's all right. And Robert <laughs> comes in with, say hello to my little friend. Fuji. Wrong movie. Wrong movie. Say, that's Scarface. Scarface. 
Yeah. Everybody knows that, unless you live under a bridge somewhere. But Fuji, as always, oh. take us out. Smash the bell and go birds. Have a good night.